stay in the know with Radio 2000 Podcast. Welcome to the show. If you have just tuned in or if you've been waiting with breath that is baited for this conversation tonight, it is going to be extraordinary, to say the least. So, without any further ado, help me welcome, uh, with open arms, one of the greatest musical practitioners of our time, Dr. Silohalani. He is a musicologist, an educationalist, a music performer, the founder of the Pula Festival, Utella. The title but it's so wonderful for him uh, to be with us. Uh, the good duck of Mino Lemeropa. Good evening. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> good evening. <laughs> what uh, uh, an introduction. Thank you very much. I'm humbled. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk to you again. The last time we had a conversation, I was on the weekend rhythm and we were uh, unpacking uh, the. the um, Remind me of the title again, but we're talking about the drumming, the African drumming um, uh, concept that you were busy with at the time. Yeah, it was an African Union concept, uh, uh, silencing the drum. There we go, silencing the drum, yes. The guns, the guns with the drum. Silencing the guns with the drum, of course, I remember that. I, right. Yeah, and that conversation still lives online, just by the way, on, 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 on our podcast. But it's so good to engage with you again. I think, you know, when I put the call out to you and I was like, okay, please help me. What can we talk about? What haven't we unpacked? And you actually are, I guess, the author of tonight's conversation because I think it's it's one very important one. But it can it's so broad as well. But I think it's going to be great for us to really bring it down to restoration and our participation in that restoration. So when we're talking of air and uh, preparing for this conversation, you brought to my attention something very interesting in terms of really how, I don't know how it happened, but we've just sort of managed to separate, you know, the 11 official languages from, um, you know, from, 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 from our cultures. So essentially what you were saying to me is that we've got these 11 official languages that we speak about in South Africa, but they shouldn't be separate from our culture. So essentially we've got 11 different cultures. And that just, you know, that just opened me up because it makes me think about just, first of all, how our heritage and identity is not just a straightforward thing uh, as, it, as, as it may appear. And there's so much to to unpack and address in that regard. Yes, indeed. Um, you know, in times like these, where we sit in in an injunction where the the eleven official languages of our country are mm. declared official by Section Six of our Constitution, mm-hmm. and very interesting enough that the Section Six uh, you know, of our constitution does not is not located within Chapter Two, which is within the Bill of Rights, but is located within the founding provisions of our constitution that sits with the 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 Section One that says uh, the Republic of South Africa and the Supremacy of the Constitution is Section Two, citizenship, national anthem, uh, Section mm-hmm. Four, mm-hmm. national flag, and then. You've got Section 6 that, that deals with uh, languages. So when a constitution uh, of a land or a country accords languages an official status, function, 
and role. What it simply means that the following languages, the Pedis, Sotu, Setswana, Siswati, Chivenda, Shitonga, Afrikaans, English, Isindebele, Isikosa, and Isizulu. They have an official status in the country, which then means that they can instruct commerce, they can instruct business, they can instruct education, you know, for content for all subjects, you know, across all faces and grades. Therefore, in, 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 in law, they call it, they say, ipso facto. You know, that is, it follows to mm, say that. Okay, okay. The, the, the cultures of these languages, which are expressed in Section 30 and Section 31 further, are therefore uh, official in status, function, and role. And South Africa has not really looked at it from that perspective because it looks at Section 6 as languages. But cultures, mm, mm. Yeah, cultures uh, uh, of these languages are ipso facto, as a matter of, it follows that. Mm. They okay. are therefore official in status, in function, and in role. But we have not made that, you know, uh, um, recognition, and it's about time we did. That is very interesting. Okay, so, so I mean, we're obviously looking here at, um, you know, issues around whether we can extract language from culture. Obviously, that, you know, that just doesn't make sense. And then you make the, the connection um, in terms of what the law says about this preamble. But, you know, I mean, as you're unpacking it and making examples of the different cultures and, and languages in various spaces in our country, I mean, it's obvious that South Africa... I mean, there's no place like South Africa, really. I mean, we don't have one heritage, you know, or um, I guess an easily, uh, you know, defined set or, or distinct identity. You know, we, we are a, mel- a melting pot. It is very complex. Uh, the cultures and languages and heritage of South Africa is 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 multiple and diverse in in its nature and very dynamic. So there's another wonderful example in terms of really breaking down um, uh, certain certain spaces. And I'll and I'll use the 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 example that we're talking about um, of a the the example Yasipedi, for example, right. Um, and you were just sharing with me, and I was we were, I was actually trying to get a sense from you about dialects, you know, Hurukasepedi, Hunale Valubedu, Hunale Sipulana, Hunale various others, various others that that form part of it. But then you brought to my attention, actually, this conversation has been elevated to another level in terms of actually people are fighting that that it's not that it's not dialects. You know, it's languages that stand on their own. And I was like, not aware of that. So can you unpack that example for, for, for us? Yes. You see, uh, languages are not entities that exist outside the real lived experiences of a people. Okay. So when you, 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 you uh, when the constitution, for example, designates languages as official languages mm. uh, it, it's actually just a question of priority and a question of practicability mm. all languages 
basically um, the 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 our languages are important and um, cannot yes. be kind of uh, dumbed down because when you do that, mm-hmm. you actually are, you know, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, dumbing down the real lived, um, you know, reality of a people. That's but right, you, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So you, mm. you cannot therefore say because the language is not designated as official, therefore it it means that it's mm. inconsequential. Mm. It is not inconsequential. That is why the constitution has actually further recognized that very fact. It says, um, you know, uh, uh, section five. Uh, uh, sorry, section six, um, which is now. Subsection 5, it says a Pan-South African Language Board, Mm. that is Pan-South, right, established by national legislation, must promote and create conditions for the development of all official languages, that is one. Further to that, the Khoi, the Nama, the Sun languages, and Sign language, and... Uh, sub, uh, 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 subparagraph B says, uh, promote and ensure respect for all language communi- languages commonly used for communi- by communities in South Africa. All languages commonly. You know, it says promote and ensure respect for all languages commonly used by communities in South Africa, including... Mm. Not, not limited to, but including, which means Sepulana, Kilovedu, and all those other languages are all languages commonly used by communities in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Further to that, including German, Greek, Gujarati, Hindi, Portuguese, Tamil, okay. Telugu, Urdu, and Arabic. Hebrew, Sanskrit, and other languages used for religious purposes in South Africa. So, so the Constitution has broadly covered the development, the respect, and usage of these languages. Hmm. Hey, Diabuamos. <laughs> I think this is <laughs> this is look. This is very deep, but I think uh, it's it's also very necessary because you know these kinds of conversations and knowledge and this kind of knowledge really. Um, I guess it, it it's important because we need to undo you know, the segregationist apartheid policies, as it were, and really look at ourselves in in, in our purest form, in, in the most honest uh, form. And I like what you bring in um, with that with the example that I made about Sepedi uh, and, you know, the accompanying languages, if you will, according to how we know them in South Africa. And uh, the example that you made that just because they're not made official, you know, it doesn't make them uh, less important than those that are put uh, put on, in in black and white. And I think that's what we all need to fight for. But I really want to take uh, this conversation into the space of music. But before we get into that, uh, Dr. XG, I'd like to take a musical break. In your times, you know, do you remember your times, Mara? Little. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah, well, nah. 
Hey, when? Back in the day. You know what? I I dug into the archives and I found some of the most beautiful music. Okay, so let's take a bit of a break. We'll return and unpack more. And I really want our focus now to be on um, using music uh, for this preservation in extension to this conversation. Silohalani coming through. Limpopo, the title of this one. He was live in concert here, by the way. Enjoy. Essence of Rhythm on Radio 2000. You're listening to Essence of Rhythm on Radio 2000. Oh man, you've got to love it. In the spirit of preserving Minowakiwa, this is Dr. Silohalane coming through with Ikaya Leetu, and he was live in concert here. Doc, you've got to take me back to the good old days of performing live, which I know is your first love. Uh, where was this uh, wonderful performance? Just remind us. This great performance uh, was at the, uh, a theater that is now called Marombo, Marombo Theater. Which okay. At the time, it was called the Rendezvous at the State Theatre. So it's very interesting as I listen. I got to know about this a bit later. That uh, on the on stage <laughs> on that day, mm-hmm. I had I had two guitarists. Uh, I had uh, the late um, um, Lawrence Machiza. Oh yes. With oh wonderful. Becky, yes, with Becky Cosa as well. Both guitarists on same stage. And then the person who's playing drums uh, is the late Kwasi Shange, who mm. were also played with, uh, you know, Sismeria Makeba, mm-hmm. played with a lot of great musicians, including um, 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 what, what we call uh, this uh, project, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you now. But he did a lot. Uh, um, he did a lot for South Africa. So, Later, when we were performing at the Ekungwini Festival in, in Wittbank, right. uh, the late Prince Kupi came to me and he said, how did you get those two giants on stage mm. at the same time? Mm. I said, who and who? And he says, Lawrence Machiza and Becky Koza, yes. because those two have never in their lives shared the stage together. Wow, okay. With you on that day, and I said, No, I didn't know that they, they never shared the stage. So, if you can hear, they actually started, started kind of a battle of guitars in the middle of the song. They did a call and response, mm. and, and it was really personal. You know, I didn't realize it was that personal because they had never shared the stage before, and at that moment, they took each other on. Wow. And I wow. but, I remember, if you go on YouTube and look at that uh, that track, I actually got off stage for a moment and left them on stage to really badly it out. So, I noticed uh, that, actually. Yeah, because I, I, <laughs> I watched the video. <laughs> now it makes sense. You know, oh, I cannot emphasize uh, strongly the, you know, I mean, obviously speaking from the perspective of an audience member, just how sacred the stage is, you know, it's just such a sacred space. And, um, you know, this call and response that you're talking about um, is definitely a fun example of really how sacred it is. And that it's not just, you know, 
a bunch of musicians on a stage, but it really is about spirit taking over as well. And you being led by the spirit in that moment, in that moment that, wow. Thank you for unpacking that actually. Yeah. Yes. Because you see, um, I, I, I choose to take both the, the natural as well as, uh, the, the, uh, you know, legal and constitutional view mm. to the work that I do. Mm. Because as I cited Section 30 earlier on, which then say it deals with language and culture. And, and it's very important for us to, to, to realize this. It is everyone. It's not, it's, it's not saying some people or people who are or who members of, of a community whose languages are designated uh, as being official. No, no, no. Section 30 says everyone has a right. Now, it moves the work that we do first from the founding provisions that this country cannot exist without the, the, the languages because they are part of founding provisions. Mm-hmm. But Section 30 says every, it says language and culture. It says everyone has a right to use the language and to participate in the cultural life Absolutely. of their own choice. See, but mm-hmm. it says that no one exercising these rights may do so in a manner inconsistent with any provision in the Bill of Rights. Now, that was in the, section six was in the founding provision that says, together with the flag and the supremacy of the Constitution, languages are very, very important. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. they make the founding pillars of this country. But now here it says everyone. Do you know what everyone means? It means everyone. It means everyone. Right <laughs> it <Yes>. means everyone. <laughs> so it moves, from, yes. it moves from the basis of being a founding provision, then it goes to the Bill of Rights as being a right. And it is protected by Section 30. And something that I would really want South Africans to disabuse ourselves yes. from. Tell it's, us. It's, yeah, it's from continuing to say, you see, um, different traditions of our people and culture. No, the Section 31 calls us cultural, religious, and linguistic communities, not mm. traditions. Mm. Because mm. our people must be very careful that the, the term traditions belongs to a sociology of the apartheid tra- era where traditions were defined as tribes. Mm-hmm. And and if we continue to call the work we do, mm. which as linguistic communities, not as tribes, but as linguistic communities, which is more, which gives you know ourselves a human face. So they say persons belonging to a cultural, religious, or linguistic communities may not be denied the right. Right. with other members of that community to enjoy their culture, practice their religion, and use their language, and to form, join, and maintain cultural, religious, and linguistic associations and other organs of civil society. The right is subject, and intersection one may not be exercised in a manner inconsistent with the provisions in the Bill of Rights. So therefore, okay. you, mm. cannot, you, you cannot then say, um, no, this language, this cultural practice, this, it's not as important as the old 
English and Africans uh, uh, the rights that they enjoyed, because then the, the Constitution is calling for parity of esteem. That mm-hmm. is the way they are regarded, the way they are used, the way they are. So, whatever we do, we must know that we can claim the right in terms of Section 13 and 31 to practice and, you know, and live our own cultures because it is protected as a right and that right must not be used to uh, uh, kind of diminish the rights of others. That's why it is everyone. Right. Okay, I really want to move a little bit away from the Constitution because I think you've given us a great understanding overall in terms of, and I like what you're bringing in now in terms of that reminder that we really do have the right to practice um, our cultural practices, if you will, um, in, in, in whatever way we see fit. And I think that that speaks to tonight's theme in terms of um you know, our participation in restoration is being given the freedom to be able to practice. But I mean, we can, we can have another separate conversation another time about culture because like heritage and identity, you know, it's just culture is one of those terms that, you know, causes much confusion, I think. And it suffers a lot of misuse. You know, we, we put it in inappropriate spaces, etc. But I really want to move this uh, chat very quickly, uh, Doc, to to using music as a tool to to preserve, to highlight, to promote, to keep our cultures, our languages, um, and, and our, our, our languages and our culture alive, but using music as a tool, right? Um, and, of course, tying it with the point that you made in terms of us having the freedom to be able to practice our cultures in, in, in whatever way we see fit to keep them alive. So what role do you think... Um, a music plays right now because sometimes I feel like urbanization you know like everything is just too modernized and you know we, we, we get lost sometimes in what we need to do so what do you think is important when we look at the link between keeping the national heritage and identity project if I can call call it that alive but through through the lens of music in this country yeah, number one, uh, it, it, you see, it, uh, it, the question of music um, has been a, a tool for restoration uh, of, of our uh, cultures. That's right, uh, yeah. Should, yes, should, mm. be, should be understood within the backdrop of, 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 of those, those rights that I've said. But uh, mm. let, let's proceed now. Because what we need to be doing as a country, I have received a, you know, a couple of calls from um, communities that say, you know, uh, for example, um, uh, Kiva music or, um, um, look, al- al- along with the languages, it's important that our people understand that there are about 110 uh, cultural art forms that form part of indigenous music right. that, we, that we have not paid attention to hmm. as, a, hmm. as a country. Because, uh, uh, and this is something that we need to really uh, face with, with 
our minds because uh, South Africans are really uh, always uh, excited to say, you know, for example, one uh, uh, thing that really cost us a lot of drawback in terms of accessing the, the, the rights and the, and the place of mm. our own cultures and languages through music is that people did not find in for, for many years, if you listen to our music, there was a moment where our communities were deluded to think that if you sing in English, then you have begun to sing seriously. Mm. And, wow, and, that's so and, sad. Yeah, it's mm. sad. So our people... Uh, other members of our communities continue to sing in African languages, mm. even if they sing about both contentious subjects, uh, uh, such as love, uh, and such as you know peace, such as such as you know war, such as rights. You know, people continue to sing in our African languages. Let me just sure. make, draw, draw the attention of our people that. Isiswati is one of the languages that I've read this official. has mm. got traditional dances and songs uh, uh, for ceremonies called Umtimba, for example, for a traditional way. Okay. And then Butimba is for hunting by boys and men. And Lutango is a social ceremony of older women. And Tengabisa is a social, uh, you know, activity. Just, just Umemo you know, royal and social participation for for the whole kingdom. Just in a society. If you and then if you go to Chivenda, for example, mm-hmm. you've got uh, Chikombera, you've got Chikona, you've got Domba, we've got Chipasi, wow. you've got Bune, you've wow. got uh, Chinzere, you've got Matangwa, you've got Giva, wow. you've got Musereto, you've got Busa, you've got Murundu. So many Wow. The art forms in Chivenda, if you go to Chisonga, for example, you've got Chinchai, you've got Chipelana, you've got Chifasi, you've got um, Kinyavezo, mm. you've got Tensimuta, uh, uh, sort of Pinto, Ungasa, Orotanga, and so on and so forth. So mm. maybe you've got Kiva Mantevele, Chuchu, Kantama, Lobo, Sakapa, Koshaya, Dikuru, Sempepetwana, all of these. And all of that. So, so mm. too, you have many others as well in Isitkos. I can read them, you know, in Donjana. Uh, uh, um, yeah, um, look, um, okay, we get the point. Um, There's um, a lot of them. <laughs> it's, it's many, it is, okay, wow. It's, yeah. When are we going to start to pay attention to these art forms that are indigenous to us wow, and, and start mm. making the whole, you know, uh, uh, right noise about decolonization when we are not delving deep, deep into the specifics of Africanity mm, of mm. our communities so that when we try to access the rights that mm. are already provided for in the Constitution to practice these art forms which the Constitution says please practice them mm. we need to begin to move here and, and really Stop, back, you know, packing the bus around the concept of jazz, which is something we like, but it's a, it's basically a diaspora uh, concept that we have embraced during apartheid days because it gave us hope and it gave us, 
you know, the, 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 the whole thing that it can be done when our brothers and sisters were able to develop this concept in the diaspora, in slavery context. So we forgot to go back post-1994 to these particular peculiarities in terms of the art forms that live amongst us, live amongst the communities mm, whose rights mm. are protected by the Constitution. I think that, doing, yeah, that is... As much as we should. That is unacceptable. The fact that we've had so many years to really, uh, you know, participate actively in restoration, and now we're, you know, trying to, you know, grasp at straws and see where we can fix and how. Um, but this is a journey. You know, it's not a destination. And we, I mean, by the mm-hmm. sounds of things, there is just a lot of work to do. And um, thank you very much for unpacking that. But I think in closing, we've got to wrap it up now. Um, so. In closing, what you're saying is that for us to participate actively in restoration of national heritage, we've got to really dig deep into our various cultures and practice them as art forms. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying, because they've got Great. a name, they've got names, they've got mm. a history. Mm. And then that's what makes uh, elderly members of our communities, which we call culture bearers, mm. Two authorities of these, you know, this work of genius, these, these real lived experiences of our people, our mm-hmm. history, our greatness, you know? Because if you go to an elder, an elder in a community now and, and mention one of these art forms, then they rise, you know, in terms of their, their, their authority, you know, in society, because they can tell us better about them than the most gifted author who learned from textbooks because they know where it started. They know the songs they used in terms of uh, uh, before before 1652. Because if we do not go back to who we were, the greatest hey, 1652, of the people, yeah. Yeah, 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 then we, we can't debate post-1652 and try to define ourselves post-1652 and, and post the slavery you know, uh, uh, days, because otherwise you have a reactionary discourse all the time. Mm, because you mm, keep saying, mm, this mm. is who we are not, but you are not saying... This who, is who we are. are, yes. What are we highlighting? <laughs> what are we highlighting? What are we focusing our energies on? Because where attention goes, energy flows, or something to that effect. But yes, Doc, I think, I don't know, we need a part two, three, four for this because <laughs> there's so much that I want to turn back, but we really have run out of time, unfortunately. But thank you to, to, to you know, everyone that sent so much love. You, you are so loved and appreciated and respected, you know, everywhere. I mean, you know, Limpopo, Yahorata, but there are so many other parts of the country, people just acknowledging how much they are loving your knowledge. You are just one of the best cultural activists as uh Jonathan says on Twitter. But I've got to thank you once again for your time. Somebody just sent me a WhatsApp message. So here you go. <laughs> Here's the music that you asked for. Another one that's live. Man, you know what? I Pula Festival, before I let you go. Oh. Look, we are doing the best that we can. Of course, can under the circumstances, when we yes. We can actually have 250 people. We yes. squeeze in before we, we, we actually go back to any other higher levels. So we are putting, you know, uh, work in. 
to ensure that, uh, you know, shortly before the, the end of this year, uh, we then have our annual Pula Festival. Pula! Right. Please invite me. Please invite me. <laughs> I will definitely do that. I'll definitely do. Maybe you can come and present the show. Who knows? I would love. I would love to do that. Composer, musicologist, educationalist, music performer, founder of the Pula Festival, Rale Boja. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Pula na la chanya le sedi la ramasedi Rale Boja. Radio Two Thousand Podcast.